Hey everyone, thank you for joining me today on Tune Out. I am very excited to be doing this podcast where I get to talk about all things music. Music has played such a huge role in my life and I know I'm not the only one. Each episode, I will be sitting down with a guest to learn about the soundtracks of their lives. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me. My first in-person recording. I am joined today by my friend, Tim Watson. Tim lives in Los Angeles, California, and his favorite artists include The Rolling Stones, Big Gigantic, Grizz, Cage the Elephant, and Glass Animals. Oh yeah. Tim, thanks for being here, man. It's absolutely my pleasure to have you here at my house today recording this uh, podcast. It's very interesting to be in not my own home doing this. You seemed very impressive on my ability to memorize your top favorite artists right there. Yeah. Uh, no, that is that is them. Uh, I would definitely say Glass Animals has been like the most recent addition to that. I kind of got back, got into them this past fall. I mean, they've been around for, for a while now, but I guess I didn't really like, and I've heard of them, but I didn't really like listen to them. And now they're just like, I just think they're fucking amazing. What was your first experience hearing them? I think it was just, they, they just came on like a discover weekly on Spotify and it was just a really good song. I was just like, what, this, how have I missed these, these guys? Like it's, it's just, they're so good. They are good. I enjoyed, uh, I listened to them when you gave me the list and when we were first originally going to go see that concert that sold out yeah. in like five seconds. Oh man, I really want to see them live. You have you not gotten a chance to see them before? Uh, no, I haven't. They haven't played any of the festivals or uh, concerts that I've gone to, but I have seen the rest of that list. I was about to ask how how many of those artists had you seen live? Uh, Rolling Stones, I've seen twice: Philadelphia and Washington. And then Big Gigantic, I've seen uh, more than half a dozen times uh, in all over the East Coast, mostly Philly and Delaware. And then I think I've seen them twice out here. Uh, Grizz, I've only seen here. Uh, Cage the Elephant, uh, I knew of them and I was like kind of like them, but I didn't really know them until I saw them at Firefly and they just blew my mind. And after that, I was just like, as I'm watching them, like they are one of the best I've ever seen. And then I saw them again in Philadelphia. Really, really absolutely love live music. I think that's just the, the only way, the, the best way to, to listen to music. Which of those was your favorite? Uh, I think it would definitely be the, the Rolling Stones 2013 at the uh, Wells Fargo Center. My mom got me tickets uh, for my birthday and high school graduation. And then I went with my dad, my uncle, and my brother. I had floor seats with my dad, and I just pushed my way past all these old people to get, you know, <laughs> front and center, front row. Like, I'm on the stage almost watching Mick Jagger and Keith Richards just, like, dance and play right in front of me. It was uh, absolutely magical experience. Were your parents the people who got you into the Rolling Stones originally? Oh, absolutely. My mom's seen them a dozen times when she was out of college. She was working with a catering company and catered a couple of their concerts in Philly. Um, getting into Big Gigantic, which, you know, eventually led me into getting into Grizz, uh, had no idea who they were. I went to Firefly Music Festival in Dover, Delaware in 2013, and these girls that camped next to me that I made friends with dragged me to their concert. I think it was like the second to last day or the last day of the festival, and they were front, I was front and center with them, and Big Gigantic just blew me away. And since then, I've uh, just been such a fan of theirs and seen them as much as I could. 
Do you have any thoughts about like EDM artists who I don't want to say go mainstream kind of like get stuck in the, you know, doing more of the producing for pop stars and doing like remixes in the sense that it's not as original as what like a group like Big Gigantic or Grizz would do. Do you tend to kind of like stay away from that? kind of music or like, for example like if uh a certain artist you know they have a few of their own songs but most of their stuff is remixes of other people's songs already right i kind of think of edm as almost a, a reimagination or reincarnation of uh like the blues and jazz to some extent where you have artists taking other artists already made music and then doing their own riff on it and I think that's what I really love about it is because you can have old songs, you can have old, you know, rock and roll songs, old blues songs, old jazz songs that get reimagined into EDM even. Um, but you could have other, you know, one EDM song come out and it's a banger. And then you have 10 other artists that are like, oh, that's that's such a great song. Like, I'm going to I'm going to do my own remix on it. And then, uh, you know, randomly I listen to one of those remixes of a song that I've heard and now I like the remix a lot more um I'm can't rack my brain well enough to think of an example for that but I, I think it happens a lot I have one for myself I could say because I love um I think the original mix is Khalid and Marshmallow for Silence but I like listening to the Elenium remix version see but yeah there you go yes, exactly like I totally see you know that situation but it's hard to keep track sometimes because like oh, it's absolutely. not until they release the like quote unquote like yeah. remix album you, you could put in like a you could them. put in a, a song and then there's you know on Spotify and the up comes ten remixes for it and you're like oh which one do I want to listen to so you know it, it comes and goes but also there's a lot of uh, bringing in other artists to work together on songs and I think like Big Gigantic and Grizz especially do that a ton where they bring in you know other musical artists and like every track on their album has like a different musical guest featured. Yeah. In, on that song and and i i love that i feel like there's a difference in sound that you were saying where it's like the which is like a big like appreciation to some of these you know you gotta call them music producers who are making their own style of music and then also making music that fits these artists that are coming on like for example like what just came out marshmallow's album a lot different than Marshmallow's song he just released with the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. Like, it's like two completely different yeah. sounds, but it's the same guy who's able to just kind of like bring out the best of the Jonas Brothers sound that those people like and just, you know, a, almost like a guest on it and then do his own album that's, you feel like you're at like a club. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's incredible. Piece. And you're like, wait, this is the Jonas Brothers? <laughs> Excuse me, what? It's great how, how um, versatile I feel like they can all be. Do you think that you're, with your love for the Rolling Stones, watching the way like Mick Jagger did ballet and dance like do you find that similarity in yourself sometimes of like that you love going to these shows where you can dance uh, absolutely I mean they, they've put they've put like a mile tracker on on Mick Jagger and he runs around doing like nine miles a show sometimes I, I think it's it's uh, music music makes people want to dance when you listen to music, because I've, I've experienced this firsthand with you, mm -hmm. you just going to put you out there, man. Like you listen at a decibel level. Oh, yes. That I would consider 
inhumane, uh-huh. but <laughs> I understand. I like to feel why. the bass pump my blood through my heart. When you were a kid at home, were you always listening to music like that? Or is this just kind of like when you started living alone? I think maybe when I started living alone more, probably college. Um, I think at home we, uh, we would play music loud occasionally. My dad's got a pretty sweet, you know, record collection sound system in our basement that I liked to turn up to 11 occasionally. Um, it's like, that's probably like where I really got into the Rolling Stones and even, um, even like Genesis, because like my parents love Genesis, so I played them a lot. Pink Floyd too. But I think like when you turn it loud and you can like feel every instrument, because like when you're at a concert, it's loud. Yeah. So like, I feel like by playing it loud when you're by yourself, it kind of gives you a little bit of that uh, of that feeling. Yeah. Or, or like when you're in your car and you're just, you just turn it up because you want to, you want to feel your whole car shake. Please tell the listeners about how your mom and your stepdad met because I think oh that is gosh. the greatest music story. That's, yeah, that's a pretty, pretty interesting one. Um, so my mom and my stepdad, they met, they, they sat next to each other on an airplane uh, that got like super delayed on the tarmac for, for a long time. And it was, I think it was, my mom had a Grateful Dead Dancing Bears sticker on her laptop, which prompted my stepdad to like ask about that. And my mom is a huge deadhead. Like she's, she's been, uh, as long as I can remember, she's been a deadhead. And my, my stepdad, Greg, also enormous deadhead. So like Great. they, they like, you know, they, they talked for a long time on the flight and on the plane. And like, as they were leaving the plane or like they both, I think they talked their way through the airport back to like, uh, you know, back to like car pickup yeah and um th- they exchanged information like with business cards or something and and it was maybe maybe a few days later when when my stepdad greg was talking with one of his friends about my mom and the the friend was like you just you just need to call her up right now and then they you know the re- the rest is history like they you know went on a couple dates and then Three three years later now, they're they've happily married in a in a house in southern Delaware, and they've been to uh, half a dozen already, like Dead and Company shows. <laughs> like, was there a lot of Grateful Dead playing at the wedding? Uh, yes, there was a lot of Grateful Dead playing at the wedding. It was a very Grateful Dead themed wedding. Sure. Uh, my mom gave this like absolutely stunning speech where she incorporated so many like inside Grateful Dead jokes, uh, you know, just professing her love. And it was uh, just absolutely incredible. Yeah, that's that's one of the funniest, not funniest, coolest stories. Like out of nowhere. Fun, funny in the sense that it's like, it's hard to believe. Yeah. It's funny to them years later, finding out that they lived like a couple blocks away from each other for years when they were both living in Wilmington, Delaware. Yeah. Like they played, you know, tennis on the same courts. They went to the same bars, but you know, their paths just never crossed until 25 years. One Grateful Dead sticker. One Grateful Dead sticker. Yeah, it's all it takes. It's a story that sets the bar so hot. Yeah. Dude, I went my first date with my now girlfriend. Mm-hmm. We asked each other our favorite band groups and I said the Foo Fighters and her response to me was, oh, you and seven other people still dating. <laughs> my stepdad had a funny experience with music on the plane. This is a good like comparison in the, in the sense because it also took place on an airplane. Uh, and my stepdad loves learning about people's businesses and stuff randomly and like tries, likes to try to help them out. And he sat next to this guy who said he was a musician and just like struck up a conversation with him. My stepdad gave him his business card. Fast forward, 
we're watching TV and he points to the TV and he goes, oh, that's the guy I shared, uh, sat next to the airplane with. It was Questlove from The Roots. What? And he had no idea. And as a drummer, I like like heard yeah. this story and looked at him and I was like, are you, are you out of your mind that you just like, you gave him your business card and that was just kind of it? Every time we see him, I'm just like, oh my God, just sat right next to him and didn't do anything. Yeah, to, to know who you're in the presence of. Have you ever had a situation where you met somebody and immediately judged them based on their taste of music? Or well, judge them yeah, based on uh, their course. lack of appreciate. Like, the, yes, I not not like for what they're into, but like for what they're not into. for what they're not into, or what they don't, what they haven't listened to. I guess. Right. Yeah. I'm trying. I need to get somebody on here that is just like a country fan, just to like kind of understand things better. Because <laughs> so many people have been reaching out to me and being like, nobody's talking about country music, and I'm like, I'm trying. <laughs> Do you ever just kind of listen to like an album anymore, just straight, mm-hmm. or are you very much? Well, I mean, the other day when you sent me the, the marshmallow, marshmallow album, I listened yeah. to that straight through, and I was like, "Wow, this is pretty dubstepy." Like he's he's going hard on on a lot of this, and I I really enjoyed it. But yeah, no, it's been I think it has been a while since I've listened to like albums front to front to back without being on shuffle. Without it being on shuffle, when actually no, that's. The last one I did was um, the Gorillas Song Machine Season One. Uh, I absolutely loved that album front to back, and I think it was really amazing. But like, there, there's somebody like every, literally every song on this album features a, a musical guest, yeah, which I thought was really cool. Uh, but like, after listening to it five times through, I'm like, okay, like this song, this now song, this can, song, this yeah, song. Those like. are in my liked songs, and I'll you know put those on shuffle, and like every once in a while, throw throw the whole album on. I think Rolling Stones albums were were really good to listen to front to back. You know, uh, putting those on a, as records was was really fun i think the only record i own is um let it bleed let it bleed yeah that's my dream record (laughs) just listen to it front and back i mean you can't always get what you want is my absolute favorite song ever so you know when that comes on that gets cranked to 11 it's funny yours yours is the where the book ends mine is give me shelter and yours is yours is the last song on the album was do you listen to a lot of albums still like front to back i think i do now that i have the turntable mm-hmm. and since the podcast specifically as well that when somebody comes and tells me about an artist that i do find myself listening to the whole thing especially this past year with the pandemic because we didn't have an opportunity to go to concerts mm-hmm. it was the way i could fill in the gap of like our rag and bowman experience yes. of being like how much more in depth of this artist can I get yeah, into those deep tracks. correct before you just kind of like write it off as that one hit that they have absolutely um yeah I think I'm doing it a lot more recently Maroon 5 just dropped an album and I listened to the whole thing straight just to see like even some of these mainstream guys I like to see if they're trying something different that just because there's one hit on the radio it might not reflect exactly. the entire sound and that's it. and that's what I really dislike about the radio is like, yeah being being forced to listen to one to two songs of of an artist and not being able to like get the full scope and sound of what they wanted to make and produce with that album um i think it it just popped in my head the red hot chili peppers Mm. you know love all of their albums front to back but you only ever hear five of their songs on the radio their music has helped me through through a lot, and uh, I've seen them twice. Uh, yeah, that was like I saw them twice in like a month too, because they played Firefly 
my first year in 2013 and then they played and that was in June and then I saw them in May with my buddy Keegan but then you know a few weeks later when I see them headlining at Firefly that was my first experience crowd surfing which was just exquisite um yeah the Red Hot Chili Peppers they know how to put on a good show my my girlfriend's brother-in-law is a huge like the Foo Fighters to me are the Red Hot Chili Peppers to him and I will take back my original answer Red Hot Chili Peppers are my like I need to see them live and I haven't and we had an agreement because he hadn't seen the Foo Fighters live oh I see we both have this similar experience with I'll buy your ticket for the Foo Fighters you buy my tickets for the Chili Peppers yeah well I mean they're here in California all the time aren't they like they played last year I think somewhere you brought this up a little bit earlier when you were talking about the radio my annoyance came more from classic rock stations more than like the pop ones for the same reason because you have 20 records from a from a group and they're playing five songs i wish they did more album listening and just like played it because like nobody's gonna turn that on and like you're gonna hear like van halen or queen and be like oh my god like we're gonna listen to this whole album like that's what you did but like you go on and every hour they're playing not that i don't love aerosmith but like every hour they're playing dream on and i'm like okay like what about like toys in the attic or nine lives like there's catalogs that you could just play straight and it's just the same stuff over and over. That's why like you go for, you know, Sirius XM satellite yeah. radio or I mean that's that's why everybody's got Bluetooth and an aux cord with their Spotify on their phone now. I, I, I'm just impressed still that, you know, regular FM AM radio stations are even existing when they're only playing the same set of songs over and over again day after day. Crazy how times are changing. Well, we're gonna segue to my favorite part of the show. Ooh. Gonna question your fandom. Oh, God. I don't think you have to worry. You got a lot better grades on quizzes than I did in college, so we're going to be okay here. Are you ready? Uh, Sure. Let's go. Question one. Who designed the album cover for Sticky Fingers? Sticky Fingers. Oh, man. It's a band member. I know it's a band member. It's not a band member? No. No, not looking at your phone. Put your phone down. No, no. I want to look up the the album cover. Okay. All right. It's the one with the, the, the back of the jeans. Back of the jeans. Oh, Oh man, it's not Andy Warhol. It is Andy Warhol. Oh, it is. Give me your phone. Did you look? That no, up? literally, like I'm just looking at the at the. I, it doesn't okay. say it on there. Okay, I'm no, just looking doesn't. at the pictures. No, it doesn't. All right, I'll give okay. you that one. Yes, it's Andy Warhol. All right, Good wow. Job. Okay, that's that's. Wow. Yeah, I'm pulling that out of my okay. head. One for one. Okay, it was questionable at best, but. <laughs> All right, this is a. Let's see if you know this one. This is a crazy one, because I I was surprised when I saw this. How old was Keith Richards? and Mick Jagger when they first met. Oh, 17, 18? Five. They were five? I thought they met on a train when they were like teenagers. Allegedly, and this is like allegedly of the internet. They met when they were five years old at Wentworth Primary School, but they didn't know each other. I see. They just, they just went to the same school, but. Right, like my mom and Greg, like just like exactly. somewhere in the same vicinity, probably bumped elbows, yeah. but when just you're never five, knew each other. Like, yeah, I see, okay. I didn't know that. Question three. What is the name of the collab group that is consisted of Big Gigantic, Grizz, and Grammatic? Uh, Big Grizzmatic? It's such a cool name. I want to see them so bad. I wonder if they'll ever do anything again. When I looked this up, there were a lot of articles talking about a 10-year reunion. Really? Yes. So I'll, I'll have keep to an eye out for that. Because Big Grizzmatic could be making a comeback. I didn't talk at all about Grammatic. No. But so good, too. All right. Question four. How did the name Cage the Elephant come to be. I have no clue. It's crazy. What is Other it? Other thing found on the internet. I'm sure, I, I hope this one is true because it's a crazy story. They had a different band name. Mm-hmm. 
I can't remember what it was, but in 2006, during a show, at the end, allegedly, a mentally disturbed man approached the band after the show and hugged the the lead singer, Matt Schultz, and repeatedly kept saying to him, you have to cage the elephant. And just kept saying it over and over and over and over again. And that's where the name came from, apparently. That's crazy. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember what their old name was, but that's like, I feel like that's the best way to come up with a band name right there. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, I mean, that's as random as uh, my middle school band with, with my friends when we were going to, uh, you know, an all-boys Catholic school and we, we started a band. I'm like, what are, what are we going to name it? Well, let's just open the Bible to a random page, blindly point to, like, whatever line and, you know, we ended up coming up with No Judgment, which I think is not a bad name that's for a, a band name. That's a great name. But, like, yeah. So, like, you know, band names come out of nowhere. Absolutely. All right, last question. What is Grizz's first name? Oh, wow. I, I only did that. first because his last name was really hard to pronounce and I didn't want to do that on this show. No idea. Grant. Grant? Okay. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Just Grant. It's like K- K- Kuznuski or something. I don't I, I don't want to I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, I don't really like to pry, I feel, into musical artists' personal lives recently. Like for the most part not not to say recently but like i mean like you guess you know like i know the band number band names of uh the rolling stones but you know they've been around for for decades and they're absolute legends and that's like i feel like for some of these edm guys like marshmallow or like dead mouse like sometimes i feel like it's more like an alias takes away the magic now i'd like to close the show with my favorite question and Take a minute to think about it if you need to, but what what does music mean to you in any way that you can define that? To me, music is love. Like it brings people f- from any walk of life together uh, and breaks down barriers. Like if you're at a concert and someone's like pissed drunk and you know wanting to fight, you're like, what are you doing here? Like we're all we're all here to have a good time and like enjoy enjoy this music and like you know love one another. And I think that's what what I think music is is truly about. If you want to tune out like Tim, check out the curated playlist for this episode. You can find a link either here on the show page or in our Instagram bio at tuneout underscore podcast. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time.